to welcome up um, my friend Michael Partridge, um, who's going to deliver a really incredible message today. Michael is a great speaker, and I'm excited to hear what he has. Check, check, check. Are we, are we on? Are we here? Are we here? All right, sweet. Um, what's, up, what's up, everybody? Uh, I have, I'm slightly sick, and so tea is going to be a, a big part of my message today. Um, but I need to set it down because I've been told I use it as a crutch. Um, but man, I'm, I'm so excited to be with you all uh, this morning. Hopefully I remember to drink. I typically don't. Um, but man, it, it is a great day to be with you all this morning. Um, Jared, thank you so much for leading worship this morning. Um, as, as a fellow worship leader, I can attest to how difficult it is to lead a people that you don't live life with every single day. Um, so thank you so much for being here. Yeah, let's give him a hand. Man, so yeah, today is, is Palm Sunday, um, but today is not going to be like a typical Palm Sunday uh, message. So sorry, Susanna, for not uh, telling that story. Um, but we'll touch on it a little bit um, because it, it's, it's, a, it's a really great story with, with a lot of meaning. Um, and, and today I wanted to talk about a story that, that on face value is, is really, really great. Um, but when you really start to dig into it and really start to get into the weeds of, of what it's saying, there, there is a profound truth that is to be had. Um, and, and so to, to kind of open it up, there's, there's a lot of things that we say as, as a church and, you know, as Christians, like, man, we talk about being on mission for God and, and we, we tell people that we're, we're followers of Jesus. Um, but I think we don't really know or, or understand what that means um, and today I wanted to look at a little story um, in Luke chapter 24 um, to get a glimpse of, of um, Jesus' will that I don't think that we really have a lot of weight um, in. Um, I've kind of noticed this trend in, in Christian circles, especially on social media, of just like this idea of, oh, you know, I just need me and Jesus. Like, I'll, you know, I'll have my time with Jesus, you know, and even to the extreme of like I've seen people uh, have this this mindset that, hey, I'll just pay attention to what Jesus says in the Bible, like the red script, you know, that you see in NIV and stuff like that. I'll pay attention to that. But, you know, the rest of it, it was written by men. You know, it's, you know, it's fallible. I'll just, I'll pick, I'll just stick with what Jesus has. Um, And this idea that like Jesus was really just here to be a model of good, of a good moral life. um, And the rest of the Bible can be thrown out. Um, I don't necessarily think any of us hold that view that extremely, but I think we do have it in in some way. Like, I, I bet many of us, including myself, have, you know, read something in the Bible that you're like, man, this is really difficult to wrestle with. Man, this is really cutting me to the heart. I don't want to deal with that. I'm just going to pretend like I didn't read it. And to an extent, yeah, we're not like, we're not totally going to the, the extreme of like, hey, I'm just going to throw that out. But in our hearts, we, we kind of make that decision. Um, and so that's why I'm really thankful that these last two weeks we've ca- been talking about judges um, and, and going over some really difficult stories. I remember uh, last week when Jonathan was talking about Judges 19 and, and really the awful story that, that happens, I was just like, ugh, why are we talking about this? But then I was like, wait a minute, why am I having this reaction? Like, it's in the Bible, like God wants us to learn from it, and, and the Bible is a collection of stories that all come accumulate to Jesus's life, death, and resurrection. And so I'm like, okay, there's something in that story that, that God is trying to tell us that's super important and, and has a lot to do with, with Jesus. Um, and so as followers of Jesus, we, 
We can, we can look at the Old Testament and scriptures that make us uncomfortable and, and really dig in and say, okay, God, like, I believe, I believe in Jesus. I believe in his life, death, and resurrection. And, and these verses are really, really hard, but I know that they lead to him, so God help me to understand this. Um, and, and so I wanted, to, uh, we, I wanted to talk about that today. You know, the, the Bible is an overarching story leading to Jesus, um, so it's important, and God wants us to wrestle with, with really hard things and, and understand what's going on in the spiritual realm as well as our physical realm. Um, I've even started to think about it from the perspective of, like, being a child. Like, when I was a, when I was a young kid, I thought I knew everything. Like, I, in, in fifth grade, or sorry, in seventh grade, I played the trumpet in band, and I'd been playing it for two years, and in seventh grade, I was like, you know what? Trumpet is too easy. I know way too much about trumpet. I'm bored. I'm not going to learn anything else, and so I switched instruments because I was like, I've mastered trumpet. I'm good. Like, whatever. Couldn't even play outside of the staff, um, which is a big problem, um, and so... You know, I had this perspective that I knew everything, um, and, and my parents often knew way more than I did. Um, and so one specific story that I wanted to share with you guys this morning was I had a paper route when I was a kid, and it was a, it was a pretty big paper route. Like, I made like 100 bucks a week on it, um, which was a lot for a paper route. Um, and in Garden City, the town that I grew up in, there's like a drainage ditch just south of my parents' street, and basically the whole, uh, the whole neighborhood south of that drainage ditch was my paper route. Um, and there was one particular couple, um, they were, you know, they were late 40s, early 50s, they were, they were so good to me, they, I, I loved them so much, and, and formed great relationships with them, because, like, during the summer, the mom would come out, and, you know, she would give me some water, some lemonade, and give me some cookies, and so I would, like, take a break at her house, because it was, like, basically halfway in between my paper route, like, even in the winter, she would, like, give me a thermos with, like, hot cocoa in it, so that I could, you know, drink it as I was doing it. Super, super great people. Um, and, and one day I, I was doing my route, and they were out in their yard getting ready for a garage sale. And in front of their, in their yard, they had, like, a self-standing hammock. It had, like, a metal frame that you set up, and then you strung a hammock across it. And I was like, I'm buying that hammock. I was like, I don't care how much it is. I've saved up paper route money. I'm buying that sucker. And so I stopped at their house and was talking to them for a bit, and it was like a... It was like a Wednesday, and the sale was on a Saturday, and I was like, hey, how much are you guys going to list that hammock for? I want to buy it, and they were like, oh, you can just have it. They were like, come by, you know, later tonight with your, your mom's car, and we'll just give it to you, and so they gave me the hammock, um, and it was, it was so great. I was so excited, and the thing that I wanted to do more than anything, this was like kind of like in April, so over the summer, I asked every single day if I could set up my hammock outside and sleep outside in our backyard. I wanted to do that more than anything. I'm like 11 or 12. And every single time my mom said no. And I was like, mom, I've thought over everything. Like I know, I know how this is gonna work. I'll, I'll set it up in the backyard. It'll be like, my parents didn't have a fence in their backyard. So that was, that was red flag number one, was <laughs> that my parents were like, no, we're not gonna let you do that. We don't have a fenced in backyard. I was like, I'll just put it in a place like behind the house. No one will be able to see it from the road. We lived on a corner road. so. This road wouldn't have been fine, but this one was not. Um, and they kept saying no, they kept saying no, so I dropped it. Come to college, and I'm a man now. And <laughs> yeah, come on. And I, I bought a hammock, and I went out to Pot 2, our, our fishing lake over here, with some buddies, and we went hammock camping. Um, 60 degrees with no sun is freaking cold. 
And I woke up at 3 in the morning, like bent in half, freezing cold, didn't have a pillow, had like a small blanket with me, and covered in mosquito bites. I had ants all over me. It was just the worst. And in that moment, I was like, oh, yeah, like my, my parents knew a lot more than I did. Um, <laughs> and so that's a long story to kind of get to like, I think that's the way, that's kind of our attitude when reading the Bible. Like we read the verse and we're like, okay, great face value, got the meaning, know what it means, and, and we go about our day, and then when we're, like, in a Bible study, and that verse comes up again, you're like, oh, yeah, I've read that. Like, I don't, you know, I don't need to really invest in that very much. Um, but, like, just like me as a child not knowing very much, I think we also don't know very much, and there's a whole lot that God's doing behind scriptures um, that we don't, that we don't really understand and don't realize until we really, really dig in. Um, and so we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and get started here, um, reading in Luke chapter 24. Um, so this is, this is after Jesus' death, um, so I know we're, spoiler alert, right, um, next week's Easter. Um, but uh, let's, let's pick it up in, in, chap- in verse 1. Um, so, but on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who, had, who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. So they, they go to you know, tend to Jesus' body. Um, they see that he's not there and are met by angels, and they tell them he's, he's not there. Um, and we're all, we're all pretty familiar with this story. Um, it's only like one of the most important stories in history. Um, and yeah, we're a week early to talk about Jesus's resurrection. Um, but I'm just, we're just setting the scene, right? Um, so the story goes on to talk about, um, two of his disciples are, are walking down the road to Emmaus and, and Jesus goes with them, but they don't recognize him. And he, they're down in the dumps obviously Jesus has just been crucified. They're like, hey, he's supposed to be the, you know, he's supposed to be li- supposed to liberate Israel, and he got crucified. What the heck's going on? And so Jesus, being Jesus, is like, hey, why are you guys, why are you guys sad? What's going on? And they're like, hey, aren't, are you the only person in uh, Jerusalem that doesn't know what happened to Jesus? And, uh, you know, they talk for a little bit, and they explain it to him, and he says, oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And then uh, a little later on in the Bible, it says in that, those same scriptures, it says, Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted them to them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Okay, so remember those verses. Um, we'll, we'll come back to them in a little bit. Um, skip a little bit forward. Um, so, you know, he, he reveals the scriptures to them. He's revealed to them, and then he just disappears. It says that he just, like, disappeared from their sight. Uh, I don't know about you, but if I was walking with a person and they just disappeared, I'd be a little freaked out. Um, and so they, they ran uh, to, 
they, they went to the place where the rest of the disciples were, um, and, and we'll, we'll pick it back up um, in, I can't remember what verse it is, but as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you any, anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning with, from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Okay, so Jesus is really surprised that his disciples don't know what's going on. Um, remember that he told the, the disciples on the road, like, hey, don't you understand what I did here, like what I'm doing? Um, he's telling them, it's written down that I was going to do this. And we see that twice. Like, he's a, hey, hey, the scriptures say, shouldn't the, shouldn't the Christ suffer um, to be entered into his glory? Hey, shouldn't, um, shouldn't the Christ suffer and be rised, on the, rised from the dead on the third day? And uh, he's, not, he's not talking about stuff that he said before, right? Because he says, like, it is written. The New Testament has not been written yet. The New Testament won't be written for another 40, 50, 60 years, right? And so it's like, okay, what scriptures are, are, is he talking about? He's talking about the Old Testament, and he's talking about the Torah, like the, the Jewish Bible. And so it's like, okay, you know, cool, it's written in the scriptures. But interestingly enough, there's not a single scripture in the Old Testament that says, hey, the Messiah is going to be crucified, the Messiah is going to be resurrected after three days. No, nowhere in the scriptures does it say that. And so Jesus is like asking them to have a bigger understanding of what the Bible is saying than just like memorizing John 3.16, right? He's asking them to really understand what's going on in the scriptures. He's telling his disciples in a really profound way that they need to understand everything that has been written because it all points to him. You know, there's a whole mess of verses that talk about the Messiah, um, but we're going to talk, we're going to look at a few places um, that Jesus is most likely referencing, um, because again, it's not necessarily clear what verses he's referencing when he says, for it is written, because there's not a verse that verbatim says the things that he says. Um, so we're going to, we're going to look at a few, few references. Um, so about suffering and dying, um, we can look at Isaiah 53, 5. Um, it says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. And later on in Isaiah in verse 10, we see his resurrection prophesied. Through the Lord, though the Lord desired to crush him and make him ill, once restitution is made, he will see descendants and enjoy long life. And so you kind of get to ask yourself, like, wait, how is he going to see his descendants and enjoy long life if he's supposed to be crushed? And it's like, okay, well, he's going to be resurrected then, right? Kind of like the, um, in Hebrews, it talks about Abraham 
when he uh, devoted to sacrificing Isaac, it said that Abraham had the faith that after he sacrificed Isaac, God would raise Isaac from the dead because he believed so strongly in the promise that, that God had given to him. Um, and, and so uh, Jesus' resurrection after three days is actually linked to the significance of Jonah being in the fish for three days. Not the whale, not veggie tails, right? He was in a fish. <laughs> um, so it's like, that's crazy. Like, who, who, who reads Jonah, right? It's a very short book and sees his, his stay in the fish. And it's like, oh, that's like Jesus' resurrection, right? But it's like Jesus is, is sitting here going like, hey, that's like, that's what it's saying. Like, come on, get with the program. Let's go. Like, we got work to do. Um, in Hosea 6.2, it says, after two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up. Now, in Hosea, it's talking about the nation of Israel, but, but Jesus is, is very strongly linked to, to um, Israel in that, in that context. So look at this, like, web that's being woven here. Like, this is a very, very small sampling of, of verses that are, you know, on their own, great, but when we look at it in the grand context, and the grand narrative of, of everything leading up to the story of Jesus, man, it's that gets me excited. Like, that's really, really exciting and, and really gives me, gives me uh, incentive and purpose in, in reading scriptures that I don't really understand and, and gets me to look at, man, the genealogies in, gen, in Genesis. I'm just like, man, that's a bunch of names and years that these, these guys died, but it's like, okay, if, if it's true that all of this leads to Jesus, like, okay, what can I, what can I glean from this? What, what further knowledge can I, can I understand from, from these scriptures? And so God is wanting us to go just beyond the words on the page. And, and while that seems like a daunting task, we can know and trust that as we lean into those things, God is faithful to provide us with insight, whether that be through, whether that be through prayer or, or just like, man, God, help me understand these verses. And you read it again, and you're like, oh, that's what that, that's saying. Or, you know, the people around us, you know, that, that have a lot more knowledge than we do, um, you know, taking us along. Um, God is faithful to, to help us learn and to look deeper. Um, our relationship with God is, is really like a marriage. Like, you know, you, you know your spouse better than any person in the world, right? But you never stop learning more things about your spouse. Like, it, you continue to learn more and more and more, and as you do that, your intimacy grows, and it, and it grows deeper, and it grows wider, and, you know, Get, goes into your children and, and their children's children, right? And it's like that's the, des- that's the relationship that God desires with us, that, that we read his word and understand it as it is in face value because there's a lot of you know, truth in just reading the scriptures and, and understanding what's going on. But even further, like, okay, what's the story underneath all of that? Um, this Sunday is, is Palm Sunday, right? And, and even the story of Jesus entering Jerusalem is full of, of you know, prophecy goodness, right? Of, of Jesus pr- uh, fulfilling prophecies about him. Um, Jesus riding into Jerusalem was nothing short of a royal procession, right? And, and while kings would ride in on powerful white horses, um, Jesus rode in on a colt donkey. Um, and if we look back at um, Zechariah 9.9, um, it's, it's prophesied that Jesus would do that. It says, Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. And so you might be asking yourself, like, okay, what's, you know, what's the significance of a donkey? 
I have significance of the donkey. I didn't know this until I had started researching this message, um, and you guys might have, but I got excited about it. Um, the significance of Jesus choosing a colt donkey was that rulers in time of peace would ride in on donkeys. You know, during times of war, they would ride in on horses, but, you know, when there was peace in the land, they would ride in on donkeys to, as a royal procession. And so Jesus riding in on a donkey is signifying, yeah, that's the word, signifying a peaceful, like, king to Jerusalem. Like, hey, your king is a king of peace that is coming. And and it was a sign of, of humility and grace towards the people. And uh, even it being a colt is really significant as well. A colt is a young, untrained donkey, and it would be incredibly difficult to ride through a town of, you know, of crowds and, and of chaos. But, you know, we're talking about the creator of the universe, right? And he just rode in on an, on an untrained, untrained donkey. Um, and so, you know, even in the story of Palm Sunday, there's, you know, there's significance to be gleaned from reading the, reading the Old Testament and, and seeing what there is behind the story. Um, th- this is a quick message. Um, I didn't have, didn't have a lot and didn't want to bog you guys down with a bunch of head knowledge. Um, and so, you know, this is a small taste of how we can read the Old Testament and see how it, it points to Jesus. Um, and now you're probably thinking like, man, Michael, this is so good. I want to have a greater understanding of the Bible. And you're right, this is good. But <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want to leave you guys with just, you know, filling you with head knowledge and making your eyes hurt. Um, So I wanted to give like a couple practical steps of what it looks like to, you know, gain further understanding into into what God's calling us to. Um, And so the first thing is read your Bible. You can't understand the Bible if you don't read the Bible. Um, I know, I know, (laughs) profound. Um, But, you know, don't just read your Bible, just check it off the list in the morning. Like, you know, any, any amount of time in the Word is great, even if you're just, like, driving to work and you're like, oh, gosh, i got to get a verse in, and you just read something, great. But, man, to really understand, like, you know, take, an, take some effort and, and find some verses that you're really struggling with and really wrestle with them. You know, going back to, like, that, that marriage analysis, like, man, I would never wake up in the morning and, you know, Bailey's making coffee or something, and I walk out, and I'm like, hey, how are you doing? She's like, I'm good. And then I go over to my journal and just like check that off. Just like, all right, sweet. Talk to my wife this morning. Good to go. Man, today's going to be a great day. Um, and it's like, that's absurd. You know, Jonathan would be all over me if that was my, if that was my you know, marriage game plan. Um, but man, that's like our game plan with God oftentimes is just like, okay, I'm going to read, you know, I'm going to read this devotional. Okay, I got, my, I got my Jesus time in. Time to go do the rest of my day. Uh, but man, God really wants intimacy with us, and he really wants us to, to dig in. And you know, if, there, if you wake up in the morning and you're late to class and you just need to read something great, man, go back later on in the day and, you know, okay, all right, God, I, I read that, I chewed through it all day, like, okay, let's get in, get in the weeds and see, see what you're doing here. If, if that's really difficult for you to, like, to really read and understand, I know it was for me um, to really find significance in the Bible was... I just like, you know, prayer is powerful. Like, before you read, sit there and go, okay, God, like, you know, silence all the distractions, you know, put your phone on silent, go into a quiet room, and just say, okay, God, calm my mind, calm my heart, like, help me to understand what you're trying to tell me this morning. And, and I know that God will help you dig deeper. Uh, thing number two is journal. 
Um, journaling won't just help you write your thoughts down, but the act of writing helps you know, helps you to understand what questions you might have, um, you know, helps you understand it a little bit, a little bit better. Um, journaling is not my strong suit, but, and so I'm very resistant to do it oftentimes. Um, but every time I do it, I, in my mind, I'm thinking about the things that I read throughout my day. Like, even without, like, intentionally deciding that, just, just the act of writing it down has, has really helped me to, to think about it more and, and to even remember it. And, you know, in conversations later on, if, if someone's talking about something, I'm like, oh, yeah, I read that verse about that thing and able to talk about it. Um, so journaling is really, really powerful. Um, a couple months ago, we did a, a series here at Bluemont about SOAP, um, which is a, a journaling method. Um, and so if you don't know how to journal, if you've never done it before, SOAP is a really, really great tool to use to get started. Um, and you don't have to, that's not the only way that you have to journal, um, but it provides some context and provides some structure to the way that you can write down what you're reading. Um, if, if you want to get started with, with journaling and, and learning SOAP, I think we might have a few journals left over over here. If we don't, I can get you one. Come talk to me. Um, there's a little insert that explains what SOAP is and, and how to do it. Um, and uh, the third and last thing is, man, commit to discipleship. Commit to being a disciple. Um, you know, there is no greater tool to understanding greater context to hard scriptures than someone who has gone through that already and who has, who has knowledge that you can glean and who, you know, if you read a scripture and you're way, way off in your interpretation of it, that person can kind of, you know, nudge you back in the right direction. Um, and, and, you know, we talk a lot about discipleship in this church um, because, you know, we believe that making disciples is the most effective way to seeing God's kingdom expand on the earth. You know, making disciples who make disciples um, is how the early church grew um, and, and how we believe that the church is growing today. Um, and so, you know, I think a lot, oftentimes we, we describe ourselves as a disciple-making movement um, more than kind of a church um, because, you know, we are, we are committed to the, the, the life and, and the, the ministry that is discipleship. Um, and so, you know, with this particular topic, yeah, someone who has a wealth of knowledge um, that, is, that is helping you grow um, is an indispensable tool in, in this process of, of seeing the Bible as a whole story um, that leads to Jesus rather than just this kind of, you know, clustered stories. Like, man, when, when they wrote the Bible, it wasn't in chapters and verses. It was just a scroll, and we added chapters and verses. And so, man, even that revelation and, and understanding that has very fundamentally changed the way I read the Bible because I was reading it like, all right, chapter two, sick. All right, what does chapter three have to say? Awesome. Chapter four, cool. But it's like, no, that was all, you know, part of the same story. And so, you know, that's like a small thing, but it's really, really significant. Um, and, man, so I'm, I'm just really excited about just what it means that, that all of this is, that the whole Bible is, is one coherent story. Um, you know, it is, it is a book of, of teaching us, you know, how to live a proper life. And, and it is a story of, of the history of, of Israel. Um, but even more, it's, it's God's, like, it's God's word. And it's, like, the thing that he uses to communicate with his people, um, and, and even just reading in Luke 24, just seeing the significance of Jesus' like, 
the, the first, not the first, but one of the charges that he has as a disciple is he's like, hey, how do you, why don't you guys understand what I did here? Why don't you see that? And, and it's because they didn't, you know, they didn't have eyes to see. Um, and so Jesus gave, gave them eyes to see. Um, you know, in both, of the, in both of those descriptions in Luke 24, the, the first one on the road and then the, the one at the house with the apostles, it says that Jesus opened their eyes to the scriptures. And he opened their eyes to, you know, what, what Moses and the prophets had said. Um, and I believe this morning that, that Jesus is doing that today. That he is opening our eyes to, to see a greater meaning to, to what his word says. Um, and, and by proxy of that, we learn more about who Jesus is. And by proxy of that, we learn more about who we are. You know, as we, as we learn and, and understand who Jesus is, man, we get to understand who we are. And we get to understand our identity because he gave it to us, right? How can, how can the, the, you understand the gift if you don't know the giver, right? Um, and so, man, that's all that I have for us this morning. Um, thank you guys for being here. I, I, hope that, I hope that I left you guys with some, some practical things to chew on this week and, and to go out and practice. Um, man, if, if, something, if something came up this morning, whether through the message or through worship, um, that you really feel like God's putting on your heart or is, you know, really impressing on you, find someone to tell them. Like, you know, come tell me, come tell Jonathan, Susanna, um, anyone, uh, because, man, I really feel like God is wanting to do something powerful in each one of us this morning, um, and I don't want to just go about our day um, ignoring that, right? Um, so let me pray for us real quick. Um, God, I thank you. Um, Lord, that you, you have a, a great and powerful story um, in your Bible, um, in your word. Um, and God, we get to understand you and understand our, our world um, even to a greater extent because of the things that you've laid out for us. Um, God, would you just help us? Would you open our eyes? Would you reveal the scriptures to us um, like you did to your disciples um, and help us to understand um, what you're trying to tell us in your stories, God, any, anywhere that we're, anything that makes us uncomfortable, anything that we don't understand, God, would you bring understanding? And, and Lord, help us, God, help us, help our unbelief. God, help us to, to have more faith and, and to see um, your, your mission to a greater extent. Um, and God, I just thank you for this, this body of believers, God, that you've brought around, um, that, that you are growing and, and equipping um, God, I just know you're doing something powerful right now. Um, I don't know what it is, but, but God, I believe. So we thank you and we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So that's all we got. Um, yeah, thank you for being here.